You're listening to the Climbing Vines podcast, a series exploring the experiences of Black women on the University of Pennsylvania's campus. Welcome to another episode of the Climbing Vines podcast. My name is R.A.L. Winfield, and I'm going to be your host. Today, I have two Penn alumni, Tolu and Sarah, here to discuss with me the idea of what is the Black Penn bubble. So some of the main questions we are wanting to address are, what is the Black Penn bubble? Does it even exist? Is there a right way to go about socializing at Penn? In my experience, I I was involved, I was heavily involved um, on campus in a lot of different organizations. Uh, I was in, on the track team, on the volleyball team. Uh, I was in an acapella group called The Inspiration. I did a lot of different things on campus, but um, coming from, I grew up in Los Angeles and coming from a predominantly white institution there, uh, attending college at another PWI, it was pretty comfortable for me, but um, I definitely craved a black experience because I didn't really quite have an in-depth one, I guess you can say, growing up in middle school and high school. Um, so I definitely gravitated towards the black circles on campus. So Tolu, I guess we could start with, do you think that the black pen bubble exists and how did you navigate that if so? Yeah, um, so I definitely do think that the black pen bubble does exist. Um, something that I wasn't aware of when I first got to campus. And then once I started getting into the day to day of, you know, being a Penn student and being a black Penn student, then I was more aware of what exactly that entailed. Um, and coming on campus at first had no idea what I was working with. I only knew that I was this one black student, you know, probably like less than 10% um, represented. And I was going to a predominantly white institution. Um, didn't know if I would find that black community, but it definitely was a main concern for me because I was born in Brooklyn and then moved to Long Island in the fourth grade, but still went to a very diverse high school and had diversity all throughout my life. So. It was important for me to have that aspect going forward, um, but yeah, I think as I uh, like, I guess progressed in my years from freshman to sophomore to junior year, I definitely was more exposed to the black community at Penn, and definitely, definitely more exposed to the black Penn bubble and, and understanding exactly what that entailed. Got you. And Sarah, did you have a similar experience, or was yours different? Um, I would say my experience differed a bit. Um, where I'm from originally, it's a I grew up in a pretty diverse-ish small town in South Jersey. Um, but in most of my classes growing up and through high school, I really wasn't a part of a black community. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily something that I thought I craved going into college. I kind of had the mindset of I'm going to find my people wherever my people are, uh, but I never never having been a part of a black community previously, it wasn't necessarily something that I sought out. Um, my freshman year, I think because of that, I had some trouble finding a space for myself. Um, I knew I wanted to be a part of the inspiration. Um, I couldn't quite pinpoint why. And through my first two years of college, I kind of was un unaware of how to describe this like feeling of uncertainty that I had inside of me. That I wasn't really fitting in with the group that I often found myself in with high school in high school but I 
couldn't really find a way to fit into the black community, at least in my own perspective as well. Um, well after, about junior, senior year, I feel like I found more of a space for myself, but I would say that I was actually outside of the black pen, the black pen bubble because by that point, a lot of friendships had already been made and solidified, and I found myself kind of envying, wishing that I had gotten a part of that sooner. Um, and so it's something that I think is there, but I wouldn't say that I was necessarily inside of it, kind of regrettably. Got you. Interesting. And I like the, that you brought up uh, you didn't have you know, a Black experience in high school, so you didn't really know that you craved anything like that, or you weren't particularly looking for that because... Looking back, I can say that I definitely craved that in some part of me, but I wasn't you know, sure exactly where I would find that, and I never really had that either. Um, so let's take it back to the beginning of our pen experience, and did either of you participate in any of the pre-fall programs like Africana or Admittance Weekend or anything like that, and how do you think that, exper- uh, that experience um, shaped your beginning of college, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, so I didn't do Africana, although I really wanted to. I forgot I had I had some other thing going on, so I couldn't. But I did do STEP, which is, I forgot what it stands for. It's like successful transition something. Essentially, all it is is like an Africana version, but for um, Wharton students. Um, mm. But we didn't like have to write any essays or anything, so maybe it wasn't like Africana, but essentially all it did was take this cohort of black students that were in Wharton and um, give them the necessary tools and uh, I guess info sessions and understanding what going to school in Wharton would be like. Um, and then going forward outside of freshman year, we still like have monthly meetings and basically we just talk about everything that anything that we want to talk about that relates to um, being at Wharton, being black, and, and the I guess the, the nuances within that. And it's just a really great atmosphere to be around, you know, black Wharton students and understanding that, you know, even though I don't see these people in my day-to-day, I know that they're there, and, and having these monthly meetings reminds me that they are there. That's interesting because I actually never heard of STEP before. And what I really like about that is that they have monthly meetings. It's through your whole four years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, I did Africana personally, and they it's kind of like the pre-freshman experience, and mm-hmm. then that's it. Yeah. It's up to you to continue those relationships that you built. And personally, I it was easy to continue those relationships because I really – we became a family, truly. Like, mm-hmm. I really – I still keep in touch with – Uh, pretty much everybody from that time. Uh, Sarah, did you have a similar pre-freshman experience? I did. So I did the PENCAP pre-freshman program, um, and it essentially Mm -hmm. is a collection of students, um, actually mostly minority students, um, from kind of underrepresented high schools. And the purpose of the program was to kind of get us used to the PEN workload so that we could start freshman year um, on the right foot. And... I would honestly say most of the friends that I kept in touch with throughout college and still after college, I met through that program. Um, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was a really great experience. Yeah. I, I'm i so glad, honestly, that I did a pre-freshman experience because even though I was a recruited athlete, so I kind of had a built-in family, I guess you could call it, um, from the jump, it was nice to have another group of friends that I could associate with especially because the volleyball team particularly was very 
tight knit and we hung out all the time. So it was (laughs) like, I, if I didn't have those people, I wouldn't have had any other friends for the most part. Um, but so I guess expanding on that, did either of you have any fears attending a PWI? I wouldn't necessarily call it a fear, but it definitely was a major concern. Um, I mean, all I knew that I was was that I was going to this PWI and I would be underrepresented, and I didn't know how would that you know how that would construe the rest of my four years at Penn, let alone my freshman year. Um, it, I was a, I mean, actually, I think it was a fear because I was afraid I wasn't going to make any black friends, right? That's essentially what it all came down to. Um, and I told people, you know, like, I know it's hard to make friends freshman year, but, like, trying to make black friends freshman year when there's not even, like, a lot of us, like, is that even going to happen? Yeah, for me, I didn't have any fears at all attending a PWI because it was very much like what my whole entire life had been. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I was very excited about the opportunity because Penn is a very diverse, for the most part, school, like compared to other Ivy League schools. Even though it is predominantly white, it's still considered Mm -hmm. one of the most diverse uh, Ivy League schools out there. So I was very excited at that prospect. Um, And I definitely, so my, my family, I have a lot of black Greek members, like people in black Greek organizations. And um, I definitely wanted to uh, pursue that in college because of what I saw growing up in my family. Um, and I wasn't sure that I was going to get that experience because of the school that I chose. And I, that was very disappointing to me, but I wasn't too concerned because I I had been so used to uh, just associating with people that were not like me, uh, a different race, I will say. So, Sarah, what was your experience, I guess, or thoughts, you know, before attending Penn? Yeah, I actually feel the exact same way. I'd been so used to kind of being in spaces where there was only one other black kid in in most of my classes through high school, and he's actually getting married to my sister. So the black circle was very, very small. (laughs) Oh, my God! Yes. (laughs) So it was a very small black circle, and so I'd been used to – most of my life associating with people of other races. And so it I wouldn't say that it was something initially on my mind when going to Penn, but I remember that I had also applied to another university that I won't name. And um, my senior year, they had a racial event happen on their campus. And a member from their black mm. community reached out to me as a productive student and said, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard about this incident and kind of tried to sell me on how racially open their college campus was. And that was actually the first time that fear came to my mind because I had never thought about being in a space where it was not okay for me to be black because I never had that experience growing up. Um, So that's when I kind of started getting worried about what I was going into. Wow. So what were your, what was your experience like in your first few weeks or I guess your freshman year? Um, So it helped a lot that when I went to PFP, all of my roommates were black. And so we kind of, and being in that program with how diverse it was, it kind of had me calm down and got rid of that anxiety that was building up. But um, I had a very interesting freshman year where there was another event, um, which I'm not sure if older alumni will recall that uh, a student had um, racial slurs 
hollered at him walking home and we had a protest on campus. And so that was in, I think that was fall my freshman year. And so it kind of set the tone of me being a bit more uncomfortable in white spaces, but I was not sure how to fit into any other space. And so I just found a way to make it work. Um, the best term I would use to describe was, um, I kind of tried to make the best of the situation, but I do acknowledge that after my freshman year, I found myself where I really had no friends because I wasn't able to fit into the space that I thought I should fit into. And I wasn't sure how I could fit into any other space. And um, I had a kind of a talking to with myself that these next three years are supposed to be the best three years of my life. And I found a way to make it work. Okay, so then after that and school started, what was your like first few weeks in your freshman year like for you? Yeah, um, that's crazy, wow. I can't believe I'm about to graduate, like this is a lot. Time flies. Um, what were my first couple weeks like? Well, so I'm the type of person that observes a lot before I like put myself out there. So definitely the first couple weeks I was observing everything. I was observing that I would, you know, be the only black woman in the room. I was observing that um, a lot of the other uh, the other white students or like students of other races would be more comfortable in these things, in these spaces and classrooms. Um, I'd see them like, you know, hang out in like huge groups and then I'd be walking the class alone or something like that. But I think as time went on, it got easier and easier, and I understood the dynamic more and more. So, you know, in one thing in class, I was handling myself professionally, you know, um, doing there, doing what I came to do. But then when I'd leave class, you know, I'd also, you know, do what I can to be as social as they were. Um, so I would, you know, either talk to a classmate or or say, you know, tell people that I should grab lunch with them or something like that. But I think I was learning a lot through what my white counterparts were doing. And um, I definitely did learn a lot from the first couple weeks. Uh, and then also seeing like the step students in some of my classes, it was kind of like, hey, like, you know, like you're part of my crew now, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting dynamic. Got you. To say the least. So that I think that's a good segue into my next question. Like after, you know, you got settled into being at Penn and accepting that college is now happening, um, what were both of your entrances, I guess, into being more involved into the black community at Penn? Sarah, maybe we can go to you. Um, so once I got settled, I knew that I wanted to join an acapella group and I knew that I wanted to sing. And I would say that inspiration was, and still is, one of the best things that happened to me. It served as a wonderful oh, gateway yes. like into the <laughs> yeah. Black community, into a family. Um, and they were my lifeline. Like I, I can't speak, I mean, even just thinking about it, it's crazy now how long ago it was and how strong my friendships still are. But um, I found mm -hmm. it easy to find a community and, and find Black people that I got along with and I felt like understood me exactly for who I was um, right. through like a small space like that. Um, I was probably never the one to walk into a party and be like, turn up. Like, no. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> got you. And do you think that being or joining inspiration that soon into your college career, was that kind of what helped shape the rest of your pen career? Or did you use that as a jumping off point and then like, you know, join other groups after that? I feel like it's shaped my pen career. Um, so 
two of my other, we call them new jacks, and that's the people that you start the group with same um, semester. Two of my new jacks, actually three of my new jacks, we all did um, PenCap PFP together. And so, oh, yeah. wow. That's so and cute. so it was awesome just kind of getting off the right foot with them and it, like they are honestly my closest circle throughout college and I would probably say like I had such a good time and inspiration and I was so busy like with engagements and I was on the board for a little bit that I probably didn't branch out as much as I would have if I didn't have such a strong core but I felt like so fulfilled and like my needs were all met by just being with them that you know they would introduce mm, me to their right. friends and their other people but um I really didn't feel the need to branch out much more than them. Got you. And what about you, Tolu? Yeah, um, it definitely, yeah, it definitely was the inspiration. Um, and it took a while to get there <laughs> because I auditioned the fall of my freshman year and then like didn't get in and then missed the auditions for spring of that year and then like came back in the fall. Um, but ever since I joined the inspiration, that's definitely been my foot in the door as um, to, I guess, Black Pen in general. Um, and with me joining the inspiration, I spent more time in Maku and spent more time around in the spaces that also aligned with the inspirations. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it kind of all, I don't know, meshed and blossomed into something beautiful because freshman year, um, I really stuck close with my roommate who was like the, a carbon copy of me in a way. So you know, things that she wouldn't do, I also wouldn't do simply because it was the easiest thing to do. But once I found the inspiration and found my space, then I was able to decide things for myself. Got you. And just for our listeners who don't know what Maku is, would you be able to give us a little bit of background? Yeah. So Maku is essentially one of the safe spaces for black people um, on Penn's campus, although you don't have to be black to, you know, be in the space. Absolutely. Also, would you be able to Give us a little background about what the inspiration is all about, Miss President. Oh my God, yeah, sure. We are a black a- a- acapella group, first and foremost. We sing music performed or uh, written by persons persons of the African diaspora. Um, we were founded in 1989, and um, yeah, our main purpose is to just provide that musical outlet for students on campus. And yeah, yes, personally, my you know, foray, I guess, my entrance into the black community at Penn was also through the inspiration. Um, I, well, I'll rewind a little bit. So I got to Penn, was on the volleyball team, and that was my my main group that I hung out with. But then the spring came around and it was Penn Relays, and I was unaware that during Penn Relays weekend, there's also a step show that happens. And So I was very excited about that. I was like, wow, okay, Greek organizations are on Penn's campus. Wow, I'm I'm excited. So I went and I saw all of the black Greek organizations do their thing. They were stepping and strolling. And I just saw, honestly, I saw the Penn campus shift in a way that I hadn't experienced before. And it made me very excited for the rest of Penn, but also the idea that I would possibly be in a black Greek organization. And so I ended up joining Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I'm a proud member. And that was, you know, the Penn Relays weekend that I experienced was my first experience with the black community at Penn because it it, honestly felt like Penn turned into an HBCU. And I was (laughs) like, wow, okay, if this happens every year, then it's lit. Um, So, yeah, um, but I 
then heard about inspiration uh, soon after that and I auditioned that next fall. I didn't make it. Um, no, no, I actually auditioned that spring, soon after Pen Relays, didn't make it. Um, and then I auditioned again the next fall and I made it. And that was my first real experience, you know, being fully involved in the uh, black pen bubble, I guess you could say. But I would love to touch on the idea of Black Greek life on campus. Um, were either of you involved in any Black Greek organizations or were interested or? Yeah, so before coming to Penn, I didn't have any exposure to Black Greek life, um, but definitely freshman year, I'd go to like all the alpha parties and like, you know, see Black Greek life um, in full swing um, and understand it more and more. Um, and I think it was because like, you know, I, I come from an African heritage, so we don't really have that, I guess, instilled in our culture. So it was definitely something that I wasn't aware of. I like knew like my best friend from home, like her mom was a, a Delta, but like didn't really know what that meant outside of that. Um, but I, coming to Penn definitely exposed me to all of it in the best ways possible. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I also have an African heritage, and so I had never um, known about Black Greek life until coming to Penn. And even, I would say, my freshman and sophomore year, I was aware of it. And I would go to Alpha Parties and uh, 4308 and <laughs> all of those places. <laughs> but I still wasn't really aware of what that meant. Um, so my sister, actually, my sister's a Delta. And seeing her kind of go through her process and, you know, um, seeing her now, now I'm like, oh, okay, it all makes sense to me. And I wish it was something that I had, you know, had the opportunity to be a part of. Um, but yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, would you guys say that the Black Greek organizations, their presence on campus was formidable or was it really strictly the parties that you saw them or how what light I guess did they shine on Penn's campus and what involvement I guess did they have in the broader Black Penn experience? Yeah so I think mostly or at least starting out it was mostly centered around like parties and like kickbacks <laughs> but then it kind of definitely is blossoming into much more than that. Um, like I know Umojo tries to get some of them in on the, the meetings to hear their perspective. Um, and I even um, competed in the alpha ball this year for the first time, which was like an amazing experience. And it really opened me up to like the brotherhood and, and what they stand for and, you know, the different pillars that they, that they pride themselves off of. And that definitely gleaned more into all of the different pillars that each of the organizations pride themselves off of. And it allowed me to see the bigger picture. I've definitely considered it plenty times, um, whether I would join or not. Um, but I think having that appreciation for it definitely outweighs, you know, actually trying to join if you don't or, you know, actually trying to join and you do. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I Throughout my experience, I know that they had they would often put on a lot of volunteer events, and they often have like a lot of educational um, services. That at first, when I would see those flyers come across, you know, with my freshman party brain, I'm like, why would I go to this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I I would say that I mostly partook in the social aspects of it. But seeing now, like you said, seeing what they stand for and um, seeing the work that they put into the community for the betterment of the community, I have a lot of respect for it in hindsight. Um, and 
I do think now that I am aware of kind of everything that goes on inside that community, now I can see that the entire time they were pushing a message of unity and trying to better students and better not only just Penn, but West Philadelphia in, in general. Absolutely. And coming from someone who was a part of that Black Greek organization or, you know, the Black Greek experience at Penn, uh, I definitely know that that is something we aim to get across and want people to be involved in the things that we do on campus and the betterment of the community. Um, I just know that oftentimes it becomes a lot about the parties and people only see Black Greek organizations for the parties that we throw or um, the social aspect of it when in reality, these organizations are about much, much more than that, or brotherhood and sisterhood and community um, betterment and all the things that you guys mentioned. So it's good to hear, you know, an outsider's experience. So I'm going to shift a little bit. And I know that, you know, the black pen bubble is a topic that a lot of people discuss on campus as, as current students and as alumni. And this is kind of the idea that, you know, there are many black students that come to campus and spend the majority of their time socializing solely with other black students, whether that's intentionally or unintentionally, um, because they, you know, focus their first years typically on building relationships with the black community. And sometimes you get stuck in that and don't know how to branch out after that. Um, did you guys or do you guys think that black students should make an effort, the ones that do kind of stick with other black students only? Do you think that we should make an effort to make more friends outside of the black community? Or do you think it's totally fine to just be very insular? I just want to preface that, you know, some people are intentionally doing that, you know, they only want black friends and black friends only. But personally, I think it's you're doing yourself an injustice by being so insular because you learn so much from everyone. So I think that by, you know, trying to stay close to what you know is actually not helping you in the future. By being so insular, you're kind of hindering the black population in general on Penn's campus, I think, because you're fostering this like group think of black friends and black friends only. And yes, we should be a united front, but I also think that by extending ourselves a little bit and yes being a little bit uncomfortable that we learn far much more and are aware of far much more than we would have if we you know kept shut absolutely sarah do you have any uh thoughts on that as well um i think that you make a really great point um branching out of your community is the easiest way to gain exposure to other cultures and the easiest way to kind of be able to understand and process what's going on around us, especially because our world is mostly shaped by white people, not by us and our own thoughts. And so it's easier to digest kind of what's going on in, in the country and the world and in general, if you have a bit of that perspective, whether it's good or bad. Um, I, as someone who had probably either an equal amount or more of white friends than black friends in college, I think that it helped diversify my experience and it definitely introduced me to different kind of lifestyles and cultures that I probably would have never been experienced to otherwise. But as someone who is now five years out of college, I only have black friends primarily. And when I go back for to college, like I went to my um, five-year alumni weekend this past May, I really only socialized with the black friends that I had. 
And I think part of that is things have changed a bit and I'm not sure how it is on campus, but I feel like I'm with so much, with everything that's going on, I find it easier to have positive connections with black people and feel less frustration and less anxiety um, when I socialize with them versus when I socialize with white people in general or my, or my white friends who are still my friends. Um, but we speak a lot less now. Um, and so with that, I think in college, I would, at Penn especially, because there's so many minds from so many different places, and there's so much, oh, such a wealth of knowledge. You have the smartest people from all over the world in one space. I think you should reap that benefit while you have it. And a lot of those people are Black, and a lot of those people aren't. Um, but I do think that it's important to keep your closest friends, those who you're comfortable with. Because, you know, a couple years down the road, those are the people you're going to fall back on. Absolutely. And just touching on what you mentioned about, you know, you as you as the years have gone by, I guess, and you have more years out of Penn and you're having more black friends than you did before. What are your thoughts on that and your feelings about the shift, I guess, in your friend group? I am actually really happy with it. I feel like um, I part of my part of the struggle I think I initially had was finding a space for me, kind of quirky, anxious black girl, um, awkward black girl, but Issa Rae is literally my entire life. Um, finding that space, <laughs> finding that space was challenging. And I guess growing up, I didn't realize that there was other black people like me and going through college and meeting people and learning more about yourself. You realize that it's okay to be who you are. And I realized that there are people out there that I can be completely myself and completely comfortable around who are also black. And I seek those friendships now because we have so much more in common and I feel like I could really authentically be myself for it's And it's interesting because a lot of people say this change happens when you're in college, but I found that in the years that I've been out, I've been able to kind of look back on my experiences and look at them in a different light and see how that kind of built me into this person now where, you know, I love my black friends. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely resonate with that uh, because I definitely started Penn off with more white friends than black friends, uh, mostly just due to the people that I was around. Like the volleyball team was pretty much all white. I was one of two black people on the on the team at the time. Um, But I was comfortable with that because that's all I had ever really known, having mostly white friends. Um, but then once I joined Inspiration and then the year after joining Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority Incorporated, it it forced me to be around more black people and kind of experience the, the different ways that black people can be. And I loved it. I was like, wow, uh, I feel <laughs> at home with black people. And that feels good because I find people that resonate with me and that I can, like you said, be 100% myself with because they're honestly some things you just can't say around your white friends sometimes or other races not just white people mm-hmm. and it's nice to have friends that you can do that with so as the years went on in Pe- at Penn I definitely had more and more black friends and fewer and fewer white or other races as friends I definitely do still have a diverse friend group but um it became heavily black as my years uh, went on and especially now that I've graduated. Both of you mentioned that you have African heritage. Would you be able to touch on your experience at Penn within the black community with people that also have African heritage and people that don't? Because I definitely am 
uh, a person that has no idea what my lineage is in regards to the motherland. But um, <laughs> did you guys have a lot of differences or similarities in the black community that you could um, recall? Um, yeah. In terms of differences and similarities, there are plenty of differences. The similarities, I feel like, were basically banking on you know the fact that we all had similar upbringings in terms of <laughs> child rearing, <laughs> in terms of the attitudes that our our parents kind of like instilled in us. Um, so that was one thing that I was able to connect with. But it's actually an interesting point that you bring that up because I know there is some a bit of a, a divide between the uh, black African African-American students and then the black African students on campus. There's kind of somewhat of a debate going on because, um, you know, one party feels that they're more represented than the other when it should be the other way around, so on and so forth. Um, And to speak to that, um, I guess on my behalf, there, you know, there are a lot of clubs that are oriented towards the African heritage for the black students, but you don't really see like an, you know, African-American, you know, club for students that were born in the States or something like that. But I definitely do see more of a representation uh, with the black students of African heritage. And I mean, not to say that one's right or wrong. I just think that it's, harder to target our demographic specifically because we didn't have that in our you know heritage or a lot of us don't have that compared to the african-american students um so i definitely think i think by being more proactive in the clubs and and the targeting and the recruiting and the admissions that we might be doing a disservice to the the black students that you know are from america i guess you could say um but i mean I don't know, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because at one time you don't want to, you know, limit one group, but at the other time, you know, you you also want the other group to, like, proliferate and expand. So, um, yeah, I kind of was all over the place with that one. No, it's okay, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Sarah, did you have a similar experience? Um, yeah, I actually, that same phenomenon was going on as well while I was a student. Um, there... So PASA, the Pan-African Student Association, I I was actually steered to join that organization instead of the Black Student League because of my African heritage by just, you know, peers. And part of that was um, interesting because PASA, my family is Sierra Leonean and PASA at that time was largely students of Nigerian heritage. And although we do have a shared background, there, it, there are still some differences. And I found myself being at those meetings and feeling like I didn't, I didn't quite fit in. Um, they would speak Igbo and I had no idea what's going on. Like there was, just, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite fit there. Um, and I always, I say a lot and I tell a lot of my friends is now like I learned about black culture at Penn. And so I would try going to black student league and I, was there were so much things I was unaware of. Like they would make movie quotes and I'm like, what? My parents didn't let me watch any movie more than PG. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up in that background of just overwhelmingly strictness um, and missed a lot of black culture as well. So I didn't quite fit there either. Um, but I do think that um, at that time, at least, there were very two very distinct spaces and I didn't see as many... African heritage students in 
black American groups and vice versa. Um, and so it's interesting that that's, that that still exists. Absolutely. And that's the main reason I brought this question up because that's a, one thing that I noticed very distinctly while I was at Penn that there were a lot of students of African heritage on campus and I wanted to, you know, obviously be friends with them. I wanted to be friends with everybody, but I wanted um, to find a way to relate to them in a way that it seemed very difficult to because there was, it seemed that there was such a separation between the two groups and I'm like, but we're all black. Like, why, why is this hard for us to mm-hmm. assimilate with each other? Um, and I think that just has a lot to do with the cultural differences and you guys having, you know, the African heritage students having a strong cultural presence, a strong African cultural presence and a somebody like me that didn't have that and just kind of had the American black experience was, I guess it was a difficult thing for us to relate on. Um, which was unfortunate, but it, the thing is, I did notice that there was people, there were people trying to bridge that gap because uh, one of my line sisters is actually of African heritage, and um, that kind of showed me that there are people that are trying to bridge the gap, and we are trying to assimilate with each other and understand each other um, in ways that I guess haven't really been done before. So there were a lot of racial tensions, not just on campus, but in society, not were, there are tensions, I guess, growing um, in society. And I, I definitely saw that exemplified on campus. Did either of you have, oh, Sarah, you actually mentioned that you had freshman year, you know, a, an incident that happened. Did you, Tolu, have a similar incident or anything like that happen to you? I know I did, but we can go into that after you explain your experience. Yeah, um, so freshman year, there was this group me incident, and um, I think my roommate was added to it. I think I was added to it, honestly. Um, and I knew it wasn't pen affiliated, but the fact that you know some random student from some random university made that group chat and, and, and intentionally tried to get the black students from each one of these universities is, is kind of baffling. Um, and having that happen to me freshman year. Could you actually, before you go into that, could you explain a little bit about more what happened? There was a group me that was made and yeah. then what happened? So um, some random kid, I forgot what school he went to, made this group me with like maybe a little under a thousand students in it from all sorts of universities across uh, the nation. Not all of them were black, um, and but within the group chat, they would, you know, um, bash black people and throw out racial slurs that weren't appropriate in any means necessary. Um, and I, first thing I did was just like mute the group me and like ignore it and leave the chat, whatever. But then I kept being added back to the group me. So then that's when me and my roommate took it, took it to some people that could help us out. Um, and so afterwards, when it was coming out in terms of uh, the newspapers and 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 uh, I think it was blown out of proportion a little bit, um, but it definitely kind of needed to be because of the magnitude of how severe the situation was um, and how inhumane it was. Um, 
And then fast forward, I guess, to this past year. I forgot the name of the author, but some some author slash professor came to our school to talk about, um, what was it? I think she was saying that something about like not believing in like affirmative action or the fact that uh, black black people aren't helping um, aren't like helping the the dynamic of of these colleges or something like that. I'm not being politically correct here, but um, what happened was a lot of the black students. Uh, we have a black you know black group meet uh, for Penn students, and we all organized. Um, time to sit together and go over what the main points of her discussion were and we also it was very well organized Um, we talked about you know what questions we would ask in what order we would ask them and how we would present ourselves as that front Um, and the the event was being hosted in one of the the buildings um, on campus and we all arrived there on time dressed in all black and we essentially once we all got seated in that room we were the uh, the room was predominantly black um, and the statesman was the the group that ran the the event um, which is like a very conservative um, news uh, club on campus but it was great to have that experience because in high school I never really had to challenge anything like that because I I would look around and see familiar faces but in college completely different story and the fact that we have black students who are you know adamant adamant about this sort of thing and are willing to lead others to you know in the right direction has been an, an amazing experience thus far great I actually was going to bring up that group me situation too because that happened for me, I don't know, it was my junior year or something. Um, But it was very startling for me because I had never had an outright, you know, blatantly racist experience before. Um, So I didn't really know how to handle it. But when all of the media was coming out and then we, someone organized a march on campus and we walked from the top of Locust Walk, which is one end of campus, to the football field and back. So I felt like I had to be a part of that because I didn't know how else to help, to be honest. So we get to the top of Locust Walk, we're walking, marching very peacefully, but we, you know, we're saying Black Lives Matter or whatever, we're chanting. And we get to the football field and there's like many, many police cars and many people surrounding the football field and I was very confused I'm like okay this is a regular football game why are there like thousands of police out here at least that's what it felt like I know there weren't probably thousands (laughs) but (laughs) it was startling for me so we're there and they're not letting anybody in and I'm like if we're just a group of students that want to watch our school's football game why is it an issue if we are you know, wanting, like, why can't we be let into our own school's football field? Um, So a few people snuck in and I mean, however that worked out, I'm not really sure, but I know that the majority of the majority of us decided to walk back up to the top of Locust Walk and kind of just disperse. Um, But on our way back, for whatever reason, I guess a lot of white students or people of other races gathered as we were marching and uh, definitely had some people yelling racial slurs at us 
And at least where I was standing, I heard a few people call some racial slurs and I was very taken aback. I was hurt. I was emotional. I was confused. I didn't really know how to feel. Um, we kept on marching, but I definitely was crying and felt helpless in a way because that's the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that. And it was just the first foray for me into the treacherous waters of racial tensions in America, I guess. Um, and I would definitely say that that was uh, one of the things that kind of shifted my mindset and made me want to be more pro-black and really stand up for my people because it's like why why is this happening in 2018 or well i don't know what year it was when that was happening 2017 whenever um like why is this happening in today's day and time why are we still dealing with the things that my parents thought they were going to be the last ones to deal with mm -hmm. um and then furthering that i actually after i graduated i moved to new york um to, for my job and I was it was the first couple of months of me being here and I was walking I was getting drinks with a friend from high school and as I was walking home this white woman stops me and she we had she had she called I don't want to say it here but she called me some racial slurs to my face and I kind of just you know walked away and didn't really address it because I didn't want it to become a a thing you know an issue but at like as I'm getting older and ex having more experiences like that it's kind of unsettling and making me more adamant about being a person that stands up for my community and for people that I that look like me and deal with the same things that I deal with um, Sarah did you have any you know pivotal I guess racial instances on campus. Yeah, first I want to say thanks guys for sharing that with me. I actually wasn't on campus when that occurred and um, you know, I heard about it through Facebook, but it's it's a lot more painful kind of hearing about it from people who are on campus and experience it themselves. Um, throughout my experience, I would say the, and I might be forgetting something, but the main instance I remember is the one that I kind of touched on earlier. My freshman year, there was um, an article in the school newspaper about a student um, talking about walking home at night and he was harassed by a group of white students and they were calling him racial slurs and throwing things at him. Um, and after it came out, we um, had a peaceful protest on campus where we stood around the button and we all wore black and we all just held hands. And I remember as we stood there, um, the president, Amy Gutman, came and she stood with us. And that really meant a lot to me because I know that she just stood for a couple of minutes but it meant a lot to me at that time that she would come down to this group of people. And there was maybe 50 of us. It wasn't a huge organized event, but it made me feel like the school was really on our side for that. Um, but I would say that throughout the rest of my experience, there wasn't any really overt signs of racism, but I would have instances where prof with professors who I felt like they were doubting me. Um, and they would say, you know, no one else is struggling with this, but you, and you know, you can't quite say that they're saying this because of wow. my race, but you could kind of hear it in their right. voice. But you know that's what they mean. <laughs> but yeah. but it's, but it wasn't <laughs> so outright that you couldn't say like, hey, that's not right. You know what I mean? Um, and I would mm -hmm. say like a lot of my college experience, like this didn't happen in college, but 
when I was in high school and um, a couple of us that um, applied to Penn and I was the only one that got in and I'm black and everyone else who had applied was either white or Asian. And my history teacher said, um, do you think you would have gotten in if you weren't black? Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah. And he said it in a room full of people and I didn't quite say yes because I didn't really know how to behave. And even though that didn't happen in college, mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of an undercurrent throughout my college experience. Whenever something like that professor would say, oh, everyone else could handle it or we'd get an exam that I really struggled mm-hmm. on and everyone else said it was fine. And the, the professor would have some words with me about whether or not, you know, that biology class is something I could handle. I would always think, you know, it's because I'm black and I need to stand up and say that I can do it because they're saying that I can't because of my race. Um, and so whether or not that was their intention, which I honestly think in some situations it was, um, I had those feelings pretty often. Mm. I think these, like sharing these stories and these experiences are really a great example of how the black pen community can be a support system for Mm -hmm. its members and a great community space for us to feel safe and for us to share our shared experiences or different experiences and kind of understand each other better. Um, I'm personally very thankful for the black pen community because it kind of shows me the things that I had never been experienced to before, or, you know, been privy to before. And it shifted the way that I thought about race and the way that I thought about myself and the way that I thought about how I wanted to interact with other people as well. Um, Do you guys have any tips or tools for maneuvering in predominantly white spaces and feeling comfortable with you know, the way racial dynamics um, in society as well as on campus are today. So I guess for the Penn students, uh, definitely expose yourself to all of the different groups there are, um, the organizations, the clubs, the performing arts groups. I think you can get a broad sense of culture and and inclusion from attending, you know, a Demaka show or going to see Mask and Wig or something like that. Um, you know, so you don't necessarily have to join like a club uh, that will take more of your time, but do something, you know, that will that you can enjoy. Um, I guess off of that, too, you could also like possibly join an intramural sport. Um, that's not much of a time commitment. And, you know, you can still work out while doing it. Um, Part of the one of the main reasons why I joined the cheer team was to have that white space. Um, And now that this is going to be the first full year that I'm without it, I'm definitely going to find something that, you know, I can still interact with other races. So I know that I'm not being siloed, you know, within my friend group, which is predominantly black and within my, I guess, uh, you know, acapella group, which is the inspiration. My advice will first be to be confident in yourself as a black person and know that um, you belong in that space. You deserve just as much as anyone else in that room to be there. Yes. Um, And don't, if you're in a conversation where they're making you feel otherwise, exit. It is not worth it. It's not worth your energy. Um, Another thing I would do, I would say, especially in 2019, it's important to put yourself in situations where you can react, I mean, interact with other cultures, but don't put yourself in a situation that's going to affect your own mental health and your own peace. It's not Mm -hmm. worth it, especially with how volatile people have been lately and um, Mm -hmm. with the high degree of emotions surrounding what's going on in our country and in the world, and especially on Penn's campus. I'm sure it's no less political than it was when I was a student. 
and it is not worth your energy. I would find a space where you can be authentically yourself and feel safe um, around with those around you. Um, as for life after Penn, um, as a member of the real world, <laughs> I do um, socialize a lot with my coworkers. Um, it's hard to find a space where people have shared experiences once you're out of college. Mm. So if you think about it, your entire life you've been in school and you've been kind of placed in places with a bunch of people who are going through the same thing as you. And the real world is not like that. Mm. I am the only one under 30 that I work with. And so it's hard, it's harder to connect with people. And I would say, just take it where you can. Mm -hmm. And um, it's even more important to find your close friends of, I think, black people who are able to navigate this corporate, whatever world you end up in together, because it's hard out here. Mm -hmm. And you need that support socially um, before you can even be present in your work emotionally. Absolutely. I can definitely relate to that as a another member of the real world. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. One thing I had to do at, cause I worked at Morgan Stanley. Um, one thing I had to do was just, I was one of the youngest people as well. So it was hard to relate in a lot of ways. Cause I was one of the youngest and I was one of the only like two or three black people on my floor. And of course the rest of Morgan Stanley also looks very white as well. So that was very difficult, but, um, having hobbies outside of work and uh, using my free time to focus on other things. It helped me navigate that. Um, and then now as an entrepreneur, it's definitely very difficult because you don't have, you know, the office space that you go to from nine to five every day. You don't have that set thing in your schedule that you will automatically interact with other people. So one thing that I would say is that you have to make sure you reach out consistently to people in your network and find the people that work for you and make you feel good about yourself and what you're doing and, and that you can work well with. Um, but don't be afraid to reach out to other people that may not look like you, that may not be the same age as you. Um, cause one thing lately that's been very helpful for me is networking in spaces that look literally nothing like me. Um, last week I was in LA, um, where I'm from and I went to this event and it was pretty much all people over like 35 and I'm only 24 and there were a good amount of black people there, but there was a lot of white people in other races as well. But I made sure and made it a point to leave with at least a few phone numbers from people that didn't look like me. And it ended up being a very successful thing. And I think that's going to continue to be a successful thing, not just for me, but for anybody that uses that tactic. Um, but yeah, thank you both. I absolutely loved having you here. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Please make sure to check out the rest of our series, and I hope you enjoyed. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Climbing Vines podcast. Please check back on our website, cvines.org, for more information about the project.